it's time for change. Come on. I said it's time for change. That means sometimes you need to go a little deeper in God and let go of some of those influences that you like. Because if you want real change, you've got to let go of some things. I said if you want real change, you've got to let go of some things. Now, Romans chapter 12. Now, by the way, change is not only emotional and spiritual, but, but change also involves your, your purpose, your destination. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of things that the Lord wants to do to, to continue to reveal the purposes of God in you that require change on your part. Do you know that if you want to get to a certain destination in your life, there has to be some changes, sometimes even physically. I didn't get a lot of amens here, but I'm just going to get, read the word. All right. So the word of God says in Romans chapter 12 in the NLT, if you're there, say amen. amen. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your, listen, this is, a, this is the first message of the year. I want you to listen. To give your bodies. This is a challenge from Paul the Apostle. I, I'm pleading with you, RCC, to give your bodies to God. Because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living, your bodies, a living and holy sacrifice. I like how it reads in the NLT. The kind of sacrifice that he will find acceptable. This, this is, this, this is powerful. This is truly the way to worship him. I never saw that before. Wait a minute, I'm going to read that again. Present your bodies to God because he has done all things for you. Let your bodies be a living and holy sacrifice the kind will be acceptable. This is truly the way to worship God. You want to worship God? In spirit and truth, offer your life and your holiness to God. That is true worship. Nowhere in there that it says that you have to be a beautiful singer and sing certain songs to be a worshiper. He says, this is how you worship God. With your whole life, not a compartment of your life. That's the problem with a lot of Christians. We compartmentalize God to Sunday morning and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Are we really living holy and separated and consecrated to the Lord? Is he everything in your life or is he a part of your life? Now watch, now watch. Here's the key. Look at verse 2. We're used to quoting this in the, in the New King James, but look how it reads in the NLT. Don't copy, the, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person, here's the buzzword, by changing the way you think. Let God transform you into a new person by changing, that's that word change, the way you think. Notice that the Lord didn't say that I'm going to change the way you think. He says you got to change the way you think. Listen, the truth of the matter is that we are a byproduct of our thought life. When our minds are renewed, our behaviors will be renewed. I'm going to say that again. You are looking, some of you are looking to get out of a, re, a behavioral rut that you've been stuck in and you truly want to get out of that, that not yielding and not, not the, you know, Pastor John preached an amazing message last week, uh, you know, and he, he mentioned something that we talk about often. You don't just fall into sin. There's a contemplation, you know, you, you think about it, but in, in as much so that you think about your sin, you could also think about your freedom. You can also think about, so when you renew your mind, watch this, it brings change not only in your mind but in your behaviors. How do I know this? Proverbs, the Bible says in Proverbs, how one thinks in his heart, so he is. So that's why it's important, watch this, it's impossible, this is, you're going to listen to this, it's impossible to have mature faith without the renewing of your mind. Well, Pastor George, I don't agree with that. Well, let me tell you. If renewing, if faith comes by what? Hearing of the word and renewing of the mind comes through the word of God, then we can't have mature faith without the renewing of our mind. That means faith is increased when our mind is transformed. Not by books, not by a whole bunch of books, and not by a library, but by the word of God. So, so watch this. You want faith to mature in you? Start renewing your mind through the word, and faith will be an automatic byproduct of maturity in your life. Come on. This is early in the morning, and I'm already preaching really good. Come on. Now watch. The Bible says that there's, when you do this, sorry, when you renew your mind, everybody say renew your mind. It will bring change. Say change. 
Now, when it brings change, you have to understand the beauty of God's will. This is so beautiful. This, I just, I've read this scripture before, but I saw something new about this. There's three aspects to the will of God, and all of them are amazing. The first aspect is the will of God is good. Everybody say good. Come on, say it's acceptable, which is also pleasing in another translation. And it's perfect. Say perfect. Say good. Say pleasing. Say perfect. Say good. Pleasing. Perfect. Now, look, look what it says there in verse 2. It says, when you renew your mind, then you will learn to know God's will. Hold up. That means God's will is learned through the renewing of your mind. But here's the good news about God's will. No matter how much you feel that uh, in your feelings about God's will, I want you to just know three main things about God's will. This is just the intro, by the way. It's good. Watch this. It's pleasing and it's perfect. Why do I say that? Because some of you guys are in the will of God, but you don't feel like you're in the will of God because the circumstances around you don't feel like it's victorious, but it's perfect. Listen, that means the perfect will of God for you may not feel right all the time. Don't discount the will of God because your feelings don't feel right. Here's the beautiful thing about the perfect will of God is that because it's the perfect will of God for you, in your life, that means there's no weakness in that area from God's standpoint. In other words, he didn't make a mistake. God did not make a mistake when you are renewing your mind. A, it brings change to your behavior. B, this is how you truly worship God, right? And three, you will know the will of God. According to scripture, when you renew your mind, in other words, when you take time to get the scriptures in you, you will renew your mind, and it will be good. It will be pleasing to God. You know, I ask God, what does that mean? Good, acceptable, perfect will of God. And I got stuck on the second one, good, acceptable. Okay. Now, now I'm not saying that this is, a, this is just a revelation that God gave me. So it's a, I'm not saying that you could find this in, in, a, in an actual verse. But acceptable or pleasing to God seems like a, a sacrifice that is accepted by God. In other words, when there would be sacrifices in the Old Testament, it would be like a, the Bible said it would be sweet-smelling fragrance to him when a sacrifice was acceptable. So when we live our lives holy, come on, church, when we live our lives consecrated to the Lord, is an acceptable offering to the Lord. You could be 100% sure that you will be in the will of God, at least partially, if you consecrate your life and your bodies to live totally for the Lord. Your assignment will come, and your purpose will come, but the will of God, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. There's so many buzzwords about the will of God. I'm like, I don't even know if it's even biblical. Like, you know, there's the perfect will of God, brother, and there's the permissive will of God. What even is the permissive will of God? Like, what is that? You know, I've, I've asked God, what is the, per you know, it's like, that sounds really deep. It's, to me, permissive is like, well, for everybody else, this is the will of God, but for you, you're special. You don't have to live holy all that much. It's, I just permit it to be. There is no permissive will of God. There's only the will of God. Don't lose me. Right? It's the will of God for your life. Now, the, will, the assignment of God for your life is different for everyone, but we all have the same in common when it comes to the will of God. There's so many things that are universal when it comes to will, the will of God. Be thankful in all things, for this is the... All of us can be thankful. It doesn't have anything to do with your assignment. Well, brother, I'm not called to be a pastor. That's not the will of God for me. You're right, but being thankful is... Well, brother, I'm not called to be a businessman. I'm called to be a, a full-time ministry, so, uh, so I don't really have uh, time to, to pray. No, the will of God is for all to pray. Okay, well, let me just continue. So there are two types of truth that I wrote down. There's two types of truths um, in our mind, all right? There is the word of God that we talked about, and then there's what I call the sensory truth. Now, these are still truth. But they're truth that are subject to change. So they're the truth that we see. There's actually truth to what we see at times. There's actually truth to what you hear. But all that is flawed, right? 
God gave us our five senses so that we could govern our natural world, but he didn't mean for our five senses to govern our entire life, especially our spiritual life. I want you to put the first point up there. Being led by your five senses will never bring lasting and effective change. We have a lot of practice being led by our five senses because I'm going to share something that's really interesting as I did my research, right? In case you need a review of our five senses, let's put that up there for, for those who miss elementary class. Ready? <laughs> who are drawing during elementary class. Here, here's, a, here's, here's the five senses, okay? It is sight, what you see. It is sound, what you hear. It is smell. It is taste. And it is touch. Oh, man, I could touch a whole sermon on that, right? Taste and see that the Lord is good. He, God always, he knows how we are built, right? The five senses are, put that up there again. There are sight, sound, their smell, taste, and touch. Now, here's the, the, the thing that I found out when doing my studies, all right? The first, the first thing that is developed in a baby when it's in the womb, are you ready for this? The first sense is not sight. It's actually touch. That means that there are the first thing that develops in a baby's womb is even when the parents touch the belly or they touch the certain parts of the body, the first sense that is developed in the baby is, a, is touch. Then the next thing, I want to make sure I, I get this right because this is in a website. The next thing that, that is uh, developed in the womb is taste. Watch this. I'm going somewhere. The next thing that develops in stages is smell. That means the, the, while they're in the womb and they're growing, these, the taste buds are the, one of the second things that are developed in it. The last thing that is developed in a child is sight. Last thing. That's why Jesus says, in my opinion, look, you want to go to the kingdom of heaven and be like a child because they don't be run by the, what they see. They, they, they're not ruled by their sensory of sight. But when we get older, it's the reverse. The number one thing that we develop to, to make sure that we serve God or not is by what we see. That's why Paul the Apostle had to say, we walk by faith, not by sight. And so we have got to get to a place where we say, what is governing my life? The sensory realm or is the word of God? Because we will always react faster to what we see in the natural than sometimes what we see in the spiritual. If you, if you take a good examination even of 2020, what brought most fear is what we heard. And what we saw. And what we hear and what we see can be true, but it's temporal. Because really, all that what we see and all that what we hear is what I call has filter knowledge. There's a degree of truth, but there's filters with it. Listen, you could see something and not see the whole truth of something. You could hear something and not hear the whole truth. How many of you guys have gotten arguments because you thought you heard something and it wasn't true? Or you thought you, thought you heard someone talk about you and you were getting mad and you were mad at them for two years and when you finally confronted them and said, you know, I'm mad at you and you said what they thought you said they said about you, they're like, no, that's not what I said. And you spent the last two years being angry because you heard something. What are we going to be ruled by in 2021, right? Is it our sensory knowledge or is it the word of God? Come on, say amen. We have a choice to be either the truth bearers of God's word or be led by our emotions. Think about how pleasure how, how people drive to pleasure. What drives people to pleasure? Think about this. Pleasure of anything. You can fill in the blanks. Pleasure of food. Why do you go to a good restaurant? <laughs> just, let's just be, let's take out the spiritual. Let's just take out every spiritual thing that we can. Right? You don't go to a restaurant by saying, man, I am going to encounter God in this restaurant. Right? You go because your taste buds tell you that some good is going to bring me pleasure in my taste buds it's a sensory what what drives people what drives people to have fornication or all these other things outside of marriage is a sensory realm pleasure right what drives people to 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 food is the is is the is the sensory realm what drives people to get even more money the sensory realm right now now i wrote this down 
We've got to decide which is going to govern our life if we're going to really have change in our lives this year. Listen, and here's what I, what I want to tell you. This is prophetically. You must decide before the battle starts in your life because if you wait, if you wait to decide what's going to govern your life, when the battle hits, it'll be too late. If you are being governed by your five senses, when you are under attack, all your five senses will be the ruler and the dictator of how you will respond. You can't wait until the battle hits you for you to decide what is going to govern your life. Because things are going to hit you, and they're going to hit you in waves. I look at some of my beautiful people here that I know some of you personally for a long time. I know that you've been hit by waves. But there's a point in your life where you say, I can no longer get victory by crying about it. I have to make a change in my mind. Watch this. Here's a little clue of how you know your mind is changing or changing that you're going to be set up for change this year. How many times do we make a New Year's resolution and by week one it's not even a reality anymore? This year I'm going to read the word and I'm going I'm to go to church. And all of a sudden you're tired. You're like, you know, I don't want to feel like going to church today. <laughs> Next week I'll do it though. Or th- this year I'm going to lose 15 pounds. And then someone offers you in a, in a New Year's party some cake and some bicocho and some flan and some, oh. And you're like, okay, I'll do that next week, right? Delay is part of us not changing. Delaying those things. Now, I, I'm here to tell you this. We, we have to be mature in our faith in order for us to change. So, um. I want to just say this. I'm about to give you, I'm about to give you these hindrances uh, to, to change. But it, these hindrances are, are in um, mentalities that I'm going to say in like statement form. But here's the thing. We serve a supernatural God. We have had a lot more practice being natural than we have been supernatural. But I'm here to tell you something that I'm going to bust your bubble. Stop. It, the way that you think about yourself determines how you approach life. You are a natural person, but you are not just a natural person. The Bible says you're spirit, soul, and body. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And guess who is living inside of you in the form of his spirit? Is the Holy Spirit. So here's the thing. If you are spirit, you need to actually realize that you need to start thinking supernaturally like the Bible does, and not only limiting our thinking to the natural realm. Look at, this next, look at this next slide here. Frustration sets in when we try to serve a supernatural God with a natural approach. I'm going to spare you frustration. You want to be frustrated real quick? Try serving God in your own strength. Try serving God with your senses only. Do you know the, how up and down your walk with God will be? How up and down your God will be, your walk with God would be if you only look at God through the physical eyes and how much money you have or don't have, how much work you do or you don't have, how many friends you do or you don't have. Do you realize that our five senses are good, but they were not called to rule or govern our life? How are you going to make changes in your life? Here's the thing. We serve a supernatural God, so we need to do it on his book and his standards. Now. I'm going to give you seven, seven uh, hindrances to change. Everybody say hindrances. Come on, say seven hindrances to breakthrough, to change, to shifting in my life. Now listen, this is important because you need to take responsibility for your own spiritual growth. The pastor's not going to do it for you. The leader's not going to do it for you. I'm going to say this really, really, um, this is going to hurt. The Lord's not going to do it for you. The pastor's not going to do it for you. The church's not going to do it for you. You need to take responsibility for your own growth. Now, now Pastor John, you're going to love the first one. All right? This was the last one, but I I said, you know what? We need to put it the first one because just to break this mentality. So I'm about to give you uh, hindrances that stop us from changing. Right? Or convince us that we don't need to change or that tells us a change is bad. Right? These These hindrances are mentalities, but I put them in the form of statements in our mind that govern our lives. Look at the first one. These are things that hinder your change, right? Watch this. No, no, no. 
the, the, would I put the, the first one, not that one, a calendar year. Put the calendar, there you go. Watch this. A new year, a new calendar year, and the statement is, this year is going to bring change. One of the hindrances to change is thinking that a calendar year is going to bring change to you. Listen, listen. One of the most, one of the most recipes to fail is to be like, where were you, God? I thought 2021 was going to bring something good to me. 2021 can't bring anything good or bad. It's just a calendar day. Today is the day of the Lord. I will rejoice and be glad in it. In other words, I have a decision today to wake up and serve God and preach and do whatever I need to do. Or I could just wallow in my misery waiting for 2021 to magically bring me a blessing my way. Let me tell you, if you, and I say this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, if you've been un, inconsistent in your attendance, let's say, to the local church, 2021 is not going to change that. Let me just say, be honest, a lack of COVID is not going to change that. Hello. There could be no COVID, and some of you still be like, you know what, I don't want to go to church today. I don't want to go. Listen. It's about what you bring to it. Now watch this next slide. You're going to love this. Love this. Look at that next slide. Right, out, right, right with the next one. A new year doesn't bring change. Decisions and actions do. Uh, we could, God bless you. We could go home right now. We could go home. Uh, God bless you. You had a great, great church service. A new year doesn't bring a change. Decisions and actions do. Decisions and actions bring the necessary change for us to have a vibrant spiritual life, for us to make a decision about our family. You want family restoration? It starts with your choice. You mean, what do you mean? Start with my choice. Pursue peace and holiness with all people without which no one will see the Lord. Pursue is an action word. It ain't going to come to you. Come on, come on. Pursue means you have to go after that reconciliation if you want it. Pursue means you have to get enough courage to approach that person that hurt you so that you could pursue reconciliation with them. Some people are waiting for this new year to magically have the, the person that did you wrong come and, and apologize. And if that happens, praise God. But a year is not going to bring it to you. So you want change? Come on, you want change? You want change? Then we got we, we to gotta listen to the prophetic words of Michael Jackson. If you want to make the world a better place, come on, take a look at yourself. Now, I was going to do that, but you did it for me. Now, this is not a self-help uh, teaching. No, no, no. But we've been so spiritually minded that we think that God is going to do everything that we don't do anything, any, have any responsibility. Well, be, well, Pastor George, God's going to take care of it. Well, God's going to do it. Yeah, he's going to do it. But he requires partnership and your choice. Watch this. God will never violate your choice. He could have made everyone as robots and said, you know what, I don't want to give them a choice to rebel against me because it's so painful. I created them. I'm going to program them to say yes to everything I say. No, he gives us a choice because he loves us. What we do with that choice will determine if we're going to be joyful this year or depressed this year. Now watch. Here's a second. Here's a second hindrance to change. And it's, remember, it's a form of statements that are governing our life. Now the second is pride. Now look at this. Put pride up there. Pride says, "I don't need to change." These are statements that are in our head, that are embedded in our head. Pride says, "I don't need to change." There's some people in church that say. I don't need to change. I'm perfectly good just like I am. And praise God. I am glad that you believe in yourself and I'm glad that you love yourself like that. But let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. We could use the excuse as God, I'm fearfully, wonderfully made and God, and God doesn't see any flaws in me and, and all that good stuff to hide the fact that we need to examine ourselves that sometimes our attitudes need a shifting. Our attitudes needs changing. Don't use the excuse, well, I don't need to change. Pride says, I don't need to change. 
And pride and arrogance always precede destruction and fall. Look at what Proverbs chapter 16. I'm going to give you some scriptures here that is going to knock you off of your chair. The, the, some of them you already know. But there's one of them that I saw. I was like, oh, my goodness. I couldn't believe that was in the scripture. Right? Proverbs 16 verse 18. Look what it says. Put that up there. Pride goes, you know this one. Pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before a fall. Haughtiness before a fall. Do you remember that scripture? I don't have time to, to, I believe it's in Luke chapter 12, where Jesus is talking about someone that developed pride in essence in his life and said, I don't need to do anything. There was this guy, he said, look, I got a whole bunch of farm stuff and a whole bunch of cattle, a bunch of crops. He goes, I will say to myself, I will lay back and I will just sit back. Remember, I'll sit back and he's, I'll say to myself, be merry and eat. Don't do anything. I already got it all covered. Don't change anything. In other words, I don't need to change. And Jesus said, you fool, this night your soul will be required of you. You know what pride does? Pride kills you from the opportunity to, to see that we all need to change in some area of our life. If you feel that you don't need to change anything about your life, then you are as close to Jesus as anyone I've ever seen. If we're honest with ourselves, we listen, you know what David said? He goes, examine me to see if there's anything, any wickedness in me. David said, Lord, now wait, David was the king. He wasn't condemn, condemning himself. I believe it's healthy for all of us to occasionally examine our, our lives and, and realize that, yes, God loves us. Yes, we're the favorite of God, but we're not all that in a bag of chips all the time. We've got to be able to say there's some things I, watch this, need to change in order for this relationship to work. Come on. I'm, I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. Come on. Come on. A lot of times we think that it's the other person that needs to change. And God is saying, yes, the other person needs to change. But if you want to make this right, you've got to look at yourself and you've got to make the necessary changes in your life. Pride says, I don't need to change. <laughs> Well, they're the, they're the ones, you know, I have a more prayer life than they are. They're the ones who need to change. They realize, well, you need to then change from, from lying because you. <laughs> now watch. This is a good one. This is, I want number three. Now listen. Here's the third hindrance to change. Third hindrance or third mentality that governs our life, that hinders change in your life. And we saw a lot of this one in, in uh, 2020. It's fear. And fear says, I'm too afraid to change. It didn't say, I didn't want to change. Notice that. It says, I'm too afraid to change. In other words, deep down inside, I want to change, but I'm too scared to change. Because I know that it will cost me something. I know that I have to be vulnerable to areas of my life that I don't want to be vulnerable in. Fear, now watch this, guys, this is going to be powerful. The people who struggle with fear, insecurity, anxiety, by the way, all that's in the same tree, right? Fear, anxiety, insecurity, um, all that is under, under the root of fear. People that struggle with this will be almost the most resistant to change because they're afraid of what it will cost them or what they will have to do in order to see real change in their lives. I want to say this. This is, this, is, this is powerful. Fear will stop you and I from taking the necessary risks that we need to take in 2021. How many of you, I was thinking about this and praying with this last night. How many of you at one point of your life have taken a significant risk in your life? I'm talking about for the kingdom of God, for a business, right, for business. Well, if you're, if you're, if you, if you're honest with yourself, there was an initial fear that you had to press through, right? You know, four and a half years ago, I took a risk. And even though there was fear present, I didn't yield to fear. And I stepped out in faith, my wife and I, not knowing what's happening. We planted Remnant Christian Center in, in, the, in the school just four years ago. And look at all the Lord has done. But I took, a, I took a risk. When you're fearful, it will eliminate you taking the necessary risk to be able to watch this, be obedient, and fulfill the call of God in your life. I'm going to say something deep. Some of you guys will never fulfill the fullness of your calling if you're bound by the fear that doesn't make you make those changes. Now, if you're a fear, torment is present. And when torment is present, change is distant. 
if you're in fear, torment is present. The Bible says in 1 John, those who fear are tormented by their fear. Because the Bible says fear involves torment, right? But when you're in torment, and torment is present, change is distant to you in your mind. Let me just say this. When you are, you, when you and I are being uh, bound in any sort of fear, anxiety that really grips us, because this is a real thing, in our mind, maybe not in the natural, even not even in God's eyes, but in our mind, change is so far away. It's not close to us. It feels like, oh my God, I got to go. I got to do all this to, to make this change. And that's the lie of fear. So if you have fear, it's a mentality that needs to break. Because let me tell you something. Fear is real, but it's not permanent. Fear doesn't have to be permanent. With one decision, you could be able to change. When you change your mindset and you know who you are in Christ, listen to me, then you'll be able to walk in freedom from fear. Can I hear an amen? And that's what it is. Now, now look at the fourth, the fourth hindrance to change. I've identified um, seven. Rebellion. And rebellion says, I don't want to change. Now, now, look at the progression. Pride says, I don't... Pride says, I don't need to change. I don't need to change. Fear says, I'm too afraid to change. Rebellion says, I don't want to change. Rebellion says, you know what? I'm fine just the way I am. Do you realize Saul did 99% right? He killed everything, just left the few good uh, sheep and crop alive, I mean, uh, animals alive, and King Agag alive, and the prophet told him that his 99%, watch this, obedience and 1% disobedience was rebellion. Why? I'm going to show you why. I've asked that question for years, because God knew that that 1% disobedience, he did it intentionally. Listen to what I just said. He purposely, not by mistake, said, I'm going to keep the best for me. And I'm going to keep the king alive, show him a lesson, and I want all his stuff. When God said, I want you to destroy everything. Let me tell you something. Rebellion does not have to look like you're putting your fist at God like this. Come on, I got quiet in this Presbyterian church here. Look, look. We think rebellion is this. I hate you. That's what we think rebellion is. No, rebellion is... I want to do 99% right, but I refuse to give this part up. I refuse. No, nope, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it, Lord. I'm not going to forgive that person, but I'll read your word. I'll fast. I'm not, I'm not going to get the help that I need by your spirit. I'm not going to feed myself so I can be free, but I'll do everything else. I'll lead for you. I'll come to service, and I'll do all these things. Let me tell you, rebellion in the sight of God is when we're intentional about being disobedient. In any area of our life, God help us. You want to see real change? You want to see real change? Identify the areas that rebellion has crept up in your heart. I've had to do that. If I could be honest with you, I've had to identify where rebellion has crept up, crept up in my life in this last year, in the years, the last two years where I've had my torturous affliction that is torturous at times, I've had to realize that I had to guard my heart because I was becoming rebellious. You know what, you know what that translated into my life? I don't want to do that. I ain't going to call that person. They need my call, but I ain't going to call them. I ain't going to pastor them. How about that? How about that? <laughs> you laugh, but that's how I talk to God. How about, I'm not going to do that. And you do the same thing. We give ourselves desserts because our life is so hard. I deserve a dessert today because you haven't answered my prayer in two years. Rebellion says, I don't want to change. What if God says, you need to change? I'm going to help you. you don't do it. You're not going to do it on your own, but it's going to bring great breakthroughs to you. Watch this. And everyone around you. Stop blaming your personality for your lack of character. Well, that, 
That's just my personality. God gave that to me. Yeah, change your personality. If it's causing your brother to sin and it's causing you to not walk in the ways of God, that personality that God gave you needs to be adjusted. But God gave me it. I never said he didn't. We need to change. Did he give you a brain? Did he give you a mind? We still got to renew it. Some of you are not smiling at me anymore, so. <laughs> now watch this. Ooh, this is, ooh, this, ugh. This fifth hindrance to change, this is a killer, a silent killer, okay? Because it's not like the real, real, you know, bad things that we think of like rebellion. The fifth hindrance to your change, to your breakthrough, watch this, put it up, it's laziness. Can I preach this morning? Can I preach this morning? Laziness says, I don't feel like changing. Pride says, I don't need to change. Fear says, I'm too afraid to change. Rebellion says, I don't want to change. Laziness says, I don't feel like changing. I don't feel like it. Laziness says, I'm too tired to change. I'm too tired. I'm going to sleep a little bit more. But you got to wake up and go to work. You got to wake up and do the things of God. You got to wake up and do the, do the things that God told you to do. I, I'm too tired. I'll just do it tomorrow. If we go by feelings, you will never have a breakthrough that lasts long in your life. Feelings will destroy your ability to be consistent with God. Oh, that's so good. I'm going to say that again. Feelings will destroy your ability to be consistent. Now, I never said that you're not going to love God. I never said that you're not going to be faithful to God. I'm talking about consistency. Do you know that you could be faithfully inconsistent? You could be faithful and be faithfully inconsistent. And listen, I say this to Rady. She loves this quote. You could be sincere in your heart and be sincerely wrong. But because you go by feelings. If you go by feelings, you could, your feelings are actually legit. They feel, you feel a certain way. But I got news for you. Just because you feel everything in your body is telling you to sleep a little bit more does not mean that you could do it and still reap the benefits of what God wants you to do. Sometimes, watch this, you have to pet, press through and do the opposite of what your feeling is telling you to do. Because if you wait till you feel strong to read the word, some of you will probably never. Listen, I was very not strong physically in 2020, but I had to make a decision that I got. Do you know that to study, it's like a as I'm sitting on a hot knife. So sometimes when I'm studying, it's like this boiling hot knife I'm sitting on. So I have to stand up and study. Very debilitating. I could have said to myself, you know what? There's no use. Every time I sit down, I can't really study for long. So I got to stand up and study. Feelings are not going to get you the breakthrough that you've been wanting. You could be sincere and be sincerely wrong. In that scripture that I gave you in the tithe and offerings, if you look at it in Matthew 25, it actually says you wicked and lazy servant. You know why he was lazy? Because he didn't feel like doing anything with the money that was given to him. He wanted to give it to himself. Feelings will betray you. Don't wait until the perfect date for you to start doing what the, God, what the Lord has told you to do. Because there is no perfect date. Now watch this. This is, this is the, the gangster scripture that I'm about to give you. All right? So before I give you that scripture, look at, look at Proverbs 6, verse 9 through 11 in the NLT. In the NLT, excuse me. <clears throat> laziness will lead you to poverty. Everybody, wait, 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 wait. Say that with me. Say laziness will lead me to poverty. Spiritual poverty <laughs> and physical poverty. Now I want a disclaimer, disclaimer. That doesn't mean if you're struggling financially that you're lazy. It doesn't mean that. There's some hard, hard workers that are just ha have some bad situations in their life. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the progression of laziness of what it will lead to your life. Look at what Proverbs 16 verse says. Watch this. Watch this. Then I'm going to give you the, this really powerful scripture. Proverbs chapter um, 6, sorry, verse 9 through 11. Proverbs chapter 6. If you got it up there, put that up on the screen. All right. No, Proverbs 6, verse 9. Sorry, Proverbs 6, verse 9 through 11 in the NLT. 
All right, let me, let me put it on my thing because it's not. All right, let me, let me find it. Hold on. Give me a second. Okay, Proverbs chapter 6, verse 9. Look at what it says in the NLT. But you lazy bones. <laughs> but you, <laughs> you lazy bones, how long will you sleep? When will you wake up? Look at verse 10. A little extra sleep, a little more slumber because of laziness, a little folding of the hands to rest. Watch this. Then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. Now, now, now watch the result of laziness. Who wants to be a leader in the kingdom of God? Watch this. How many feel like God wants to bring you into some sort of trust when it comes to any type of leadership in the kingdom of God? Do you know that, that laziness will actually make you become a slave? Look at this, this scripture here. Look at this. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 2. Look at, it, look at this. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 24. Look at what it says here in the NLT because you're about to get something that you're about to get slapped by the Lord here. All right? <laughs> Proverbs chapter 12, verse 24. Here it goes. Ready? Work hard and become a leader. Be lazy and become a slave. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's in the Bible? Wait. Work hard. See, that's a curse word for some of you guys. Work hard? No, that's the works, brother. We're under grace. No. Work hard and become a leader. Be lazy and become a slave. You know the Bible, if you, say, if, you want to, if you want to be a slave, just give in to laziness and how you feel. And sometimes how you feel has nothing to do with laziness. Sometimes it's actual other feelings that you are going through emotionally, which I'm going to talk about because um, I'm going to say one of the best ones for last. All right? The, 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 the next last one, if the worship team could come up here, because I'm about to be, be through the worship leader. If the worship team could come up, please. The sixth one, the sixth hindrance to change. Watch this. This is going to sound really uh, innocent, but I want you to see it. Is ignorance. And ignorance says, I never knew I need to change some things in my life. Do you know that just because you're innocent and not knowing something does not mean that things are going to change? Put that slide back up there again. Innocence says, I never knew... I need to change anything in my life. Ignorance is not an excuse for not changing. I'm going to say that again. Ignorance is not an excuse for not changing. What did the Bible say that my people are destroyed by? Lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed by lack of knowledge. Lack of understanding. In other words, if... In modern day terms, my people are destroyed because they're ignorant of, of who I am and ignorant of my words, right? They're destroyed. Guys, the enemy will pounce on you when you're ignorant of God's word. Listen, this is going to be deep, but just loving God with your beautiful worship songs that you do is not enough to get you the victory. You must Get the word of God inside of you. You must, I said you must get the word of God inside of you. How you do it, that's up to you. Some of you are slow readers and some of you love to read. But some of you, you could get a podcast. Get the word inside of you. Go to YouTube. Get the word inside of you. Go to a, a, a site that you really love or, or a, a man of God that you really or a woman of God that you really look up to and start feeding your soul the word of God. However you can. If you have an audio Bible while you're driving, come on, somebody. Put on the NLT version and put the Matthew, whatever you put on, and just put how the guy goes. And in the beginning, there was the Word, and the Word was God. It's okay. Drive and hear and get the Word of God in you. Ignorance is not an excuse for you to stay at the same level. You want to go to the next level? You got to change. You've got to change. You've got to make the necessary adjustments. Listen, spiritual blindness comes through ignorance. I'm going to say that again. Spiritual blindness, blindness comes through a state of being ignorant. I 
I wrote this down. Ignorance portrays itself in false humility. Ignorance portrays itself as false humility. Well, false humility says, well, I just never really thought, you know, your heart I never thought about it. I never thought about it this way. Or I never knew that I had to do that. Or I never knew that I needed to change. I never knew that, that it's not just going to come automatically to me. I, I never knew that I had to put some effort into it. Think of anything that you want to do in your life and it requires effort. You want to lose weight? <laughs> the new year didn't, br didn't bring 20 pounds less in my life. Like, like when, when the new year came, I didn't, I didn't wake up and say, thank God for 2021. It brought lo losing me weight. Like, <laughs> it, it requires you to do something. Now, now, I want everyone to listen to me because I saved the best for last. And what I mean by the best is, is my opinion, one of the greatest hindrances of change. But it, it hits home. And one of the greatest hindrances to change, to shifting, for us to get a breakthrough, is pain. And pain says, I'm too hurt to change. Pain emotionally, oh, I feel the Holy Spirit here. Pain emotionally, pain mentally, pain physically says, I'm too hurt to see the light at the end of the tunnel. I am too hurt to even think that I will be healed. A lot of people tell me, Pastor George, you got to imagine being healed. It's hard to imagine being healed when you're in constant pain. Woo. When you are in emotional pain, when your soul is hurt, you have very little motivation and strength to keep walking. If I could be real with you, when you have emotional pain in your heart, someone did you wrong, you have emotional pain because someone says something to you, you have emotional pain because you just got fired, you just got rejected, you got physical pain because of an affliction, you got emotional pain because of words or abuse that happened in your life, watch this. When your heart is crushed, you won't want to get out of bed to do anything. I know. What hinders change to someone that's in pain is, I'm too hurt to change. I can't walk out of my bed. There's, listen, mental, emotional, physical pain can lead us to a state of depression. I've been there. I, you know, I've never battled depression until my affliction. I never battled it. But the pain was so intense that I didn't want to get out of bed. Have you ever been there? Where you just want to sleep the whole day away? Where you don't want to face the world? When you don't want to have strength to get up because every move of your body hurts? How about when you have emotional pain? And your family is separated from you. Your kids are separated from you. You no longer talk to your family and you have this anguish in your soul. Pain will stop you from changing. Pain will convince you that it's better to stay in your pain and stay in bed than to get up. Because it takes work. And you know what? When you're in pain, when you get up to the normal person, there's no weight. But to a person who is in pain physically, emotionally, and mentally, it's like 500 pounds is on the bed. And you can't get up. But I'm here to tell you, if you make a decision to get up, God will say, that's all I need from you. Get up, and I'll hold your hand, and we'll walk this together. If you just get up. Remember Joshua when he was crying, he's crying. In Joshua chapter 7, they just got into Jericho. They just got the promised land. They just got the land of milk and honey. And Joshua said, God is on my side. And then Achan was, was kind of getting this guy named Achan, was stealing the, the things that he shouldn't be stealing from the, the people of Jericho. And when they went 
when they went, and, and sorry, the city was called Achan. And when they went to the city Achan, the, what happened is this, Ai, Joshua started crying. You know why? Because in the city of Ai, because of Achan, there was like about 10,000 people. They got destroyed. The Israelites got destroyed. You know what the Bible says that Joshua did? He started crying. Read it for yourself. Joshua 7, he cried. You know what God said? Get up. You want a prophetic word for you, 2021? Get up. Get up. What are you, what are you talking about? Joshua, get up. Stop crying. I know you're hurt, but if you get up, I'll do it with you. I'm not going to do it without you. Get up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pick yourself up. Righteous man may fall seven times, but seven times he gets up. And when you get up, the Holy Spirit will shine through you. The Lord will start bringing forth his victory through you because the devil is counting on you to stay in bed. Come on. The devil is counting on you not to stand up. But when you stand up, when all hell's breaking loose, God will say, thank you, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Can I hear an amen? Come on, stand up. Come on, stand up to your feet. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. Come on. Today is a day that I'm changing. Come on, say that with me. Say, today is the day that I'm changing. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say, today is the day that I'm making some changes. You need to identify these hindrances of change in your life. If it's pride, you need to identify it and let it go today. If pride says, I don't need to change you, you need to deal with that. If, if you're ignorant, you said, I didn't think I needed to. If you're lazy and you said, I don't feel like it. If you're rebellious, you said, I don't want to. Or if you're too hurt and said, I can't. The good news is this. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. The common denominators, don't stop walking. Don't stop getting up. Because when you do, that's all it takes. Watch this. Even if you're up and even if you're still miserable, that's the starting point for change. Don't allow yourself to wallow in the state of pain. Well, it'll consume you. Make a change today. Make a change in what your attitude is going to look like this year. Come on. Make a change about how you're going to read the word. Make a change that says, and despite my mess, I'm going to be happy anyways. Despite my mess, if I'm in pain, I might as well go to Disney World anyways. Because I'm going, if I'm in pain, might as well enjoy my family anyways. I went to SeaWorld the other day and I was in pain and I had a decision. Either I stay at home in pain or enjoy my family in pain. You got a decision. Though you're in pain. I'm going to join my family. And if i got to limp to that whale place, I'm going to limp to that place. It's time to get up. I said it's time to get up. God is saying, Joshua, get up. RCC, get up. Woman of God, get up. Man of God, get up. I see your pain. I see your hurt. Get up. Get up. Get up.